Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And not just the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. Ooh, Tracy, we talked mm-hmm. about one of many women artists who are on my list right now. Yeah. I have a lot of artists on my list right now. I hope I don't clog everybody's life with art, but I have many. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to say at the top is that uh, there is a very cool thing. We talked a lot about the National Gallery of Ireland and their conservation project. They have some really, really cool write-ups about the conservation project on their site, but they also have a very cool thing, which is they, of course, took before and after photos when they removed that old yellowed varnish that shows Mm -hmm. the new fresh color of it, um, the old new fresh color of it. And they have a cool slider on their site so you can look over the painting in its old and new state. And it's just really beautiful because you really get an appreciation for how much uh, paintings change over the years just through time and oxidation, and in this case, that varnish yellowing. So it's um, it's kind of fun. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Guzzadini family portrait because there are some kind of gossipy takes on it that we okay. in the episode. So one, there was a financial feud going on, and Laudomia may have wanted herself and her sister, Ginevra, to appear in their wedding regalia almost as a catalog. Because at that point, 
She was in what had been a very long battle with Ginevra's husband, who was their father's executor, over money that she believed she was owed. And part of that was accounting for all of the money her father had spent on each of their weddings to make sure they had beautiful and appropriate clothing, jewelry, etc. So in some ways, this is like the most beautiful ledger you've ever seen. <laughs> like, and also, did you see those earrings? And also, do you remember your wife's necklace? And also, that's mine. <laughs> wow. This is only one of two catty takes on this painting because no, okay. the other one, as we mentioned in the episode, Ginevra was already dead at this time. Mm-hmm. So she would have had no say in how she was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Laudomia looks way prettier than Ginevra in this picture. <laughs> like, way prettier. Ginevra even has, like, a wisp of mustache. Like, it almost seems a little like she had instructed Lavinia to paint her sister in a way that was purposely unflattering. And Make my sister ugly. Connected to this whole feud that was going on over money and perhaps other deeper-seated jealousy issues. We don't know. It's just a fascinating thing that I like to think about whenever you see, whether it be something like this, a portrait, or a written record from history, you have to remember Mm-hmm. That there was baggage that went into everything, just as there is with everything, you know, we do today, anybody's doing today. There's there's always more that's left mm-hmm. out that moment. Um, so that's interesting. I really, really want to talk about Mars and Venus, though. Okay. I love this painting. One, I mean, it's beautifully rendered. But two, it makes me chuckle very hard. Because in it, like, you see Venus from behind. She's kind of seated. Mars is also kind of in partial profile. He's also seated. And he is cupping Venus's left butt cheek with his hand in a way that is, to me, the funniest thing on the planet. Like, I feel like a 10-year-old kid, but I honestly, the first time I saw this painting, and it continues to do it to me, Tracy has just looked it up and seen it for the first time. I just Googled it. Is that not the most charming thing ever? It's right there. (laughs) My goodness. Just cupping his hand right around her badonk. Um, And it's so funny. There have been interpretations of that painting over the years that Venus is then looking back over her shoulder at him. And some have interpreted her to be having an expression that is displeased at this. I don't read it that way, but Eye of the Beholder, right? It just is a very funny, very familiar moment between two people who were mythologically supposed to be lovers. So it, it's just funny to me. Like the <laughs> you you described this to me earlier, and I like I did not I did not mentally envision the posture that they are both in at all. It's so good. But here's the other thing, right? We talked a lot about how, like, there was debate over did she use a nude model, and that would be scandalous. This is such a unique pose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either if she was going from memory of what other women, like, presumably in her family that she may have seen naked would have looked like, et cetera, or if she was even working from other artists, this is such a unique pose that it's like, well, then you're a genius of, mm. like, reconfiguring the human body in a very specific way. Or you must have had a model. It's Yeah. <laughs> Cup. Brian and I, my husband and I, have been looking at this picture and laughing 
with appreciation. We're not laughing at it in any kind of derisive way. We both really like this painting. But because of how how gentle and loving that gesture looks, we do, we just keep calling it the cup. And so we will literally be sitting and eating dinner and one of us will go, cup. And then we like giggle <laughs> like 12-year-olds for half an hour. Um, it's so charming. I love it. I hope uh, anybody who looks at it finds it similarly charming while also appreciating her incredible skill. Uh, she's one that doesn't always get talked about enough, at, uh, in my opinion, in relation to Sofonisba Anguissola, because she gets a lot of attention. She was really amazing as well. Uh, so I was glad to spend some time with her yeah. <laughs> this past week and looking at this painting and giggling at Cup um, forever, forever. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper... You're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day, seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice 
privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We talked about smoocheroonies. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I had so many thoughts and feelings about the whole thing. Yeah, me too. Um... It's interesting because I definitely am much more, I think, physically affectionate with my friends than you are. Maybe. Like, I definitely have friends I will kiss on the lips, and it's yeah. not even a thing. No. Um, not me. Yeah. Yeah, which is totally cool. I mean, everybody works differently. And I, I try, because I am very naturally physically affectionate, I try to always remember that not everyone is. <laughs> right. Uh, which is sometimes hard, because, like, when I see somebody that I know and love, I want to just throw my arms around them and sometimes give them a big smooch on the cheek or do... We didn't even talk about, like, European traditions of things like les right, trois right. or anything. Um but yes, so I try to remember that not everybody wants to be hugged or kissed. <laughs> so I will always do the, are you a hugger? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that before, too. Uh, the, the last time um, somebody uh, tried to hug me and I was not prepared for it, I because it, this was while we were in Italy. And uh, at that point, you still had to test negative for COVID to fly back to the United States. And I was very focused on my own health. Uh, and a person sort of came a hug and I was not prepared and I I think I was probably more direct about that than I might have been <laughs> in the middle of all of that. You needed a hug not button. I did. And I so there are a couple of different contexts that I've had very similar buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh one is that for the last while when I've uh when I've gone on the Jonathan Colton cruise in our little swag bags have been these buttons that are like, yes, I want to do a friendship. No, I don't. And one that's like, ask something to that effect. And I have definitely walked around the cruise ship with a button on that says no, just because I want to have some me time. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other is we have a, a group thing where a bunch of us rent a big house for a long weekend. And last year, it was the first time we had had it after the pandemic started. Um, for a lot of us, it was like our first 
big outing mm-hmm. since the pandemic started, and we had not really been around. Uh, so um, a friend of mine made buttons just to basically be like, we were taking a lot of steps to try to cut down the risk of anybody getting COVID on the trip. But like, we just gave everybody the option of also having a button to be kind of like, I would like a little more personal space, please. Right. Makes sense. Um, One thing we, there were several things that we didn't talk about in this episode, including like other, there were other advocates uh, of not kissing that were kind of similar to the model of Imogene Recton before she did, They're including a, a woman from Atlanta who I might do as a an episode because she also did a lot of um, criminal justice reform work, which is the, okay. the more interesting part of her story, in my opinion. Um, but what's really, really fascinating to me, too, is that that 1908 battle in the press that we talked about that happened before Imogene's crusade mm-hmm. um <laughs> it's a little bit tricky because sometimes it played out of order because as you know right like different newspapers would pick up the stories at different times sometimes you know they would be weeks behind each other and so there were instances where papers like in the same city were printing the arguments kind of out of order and i'm wondering <laughs> if if um you know, contemporary readers of it were just accustomed to that happening or if they were like, what is this guy? Who is this (laughs) Clara woman he's yelling about? I know what's going on here. Um, Yeah. Which also kind of comes up as a question in that whole 1,000 members, 5,000 members. Right. Imogene not always being super transparent about where she got the information. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the things she was saying reminds me of tweets that I have seen in recent memory that are like, I'm on the bus and four people clearly have monkeypox. And I'm like, well, number one, you're not a doctor. Number two, did you, are you just making this up? Like, Uh a lot of this sounds like somebody flushed an alligator down the toilet and now there's alligators in the sewer. Yes, 100%. And I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, she was making some valid cases about disease spread and particularly with children, um, But like I said, she was kind of hurting her own cause because she does come off as like a little bit of like a a tut-tutting sort of like judgy, don't kiss anyone, don't do any. And again, there was also the need that people had to make it salacious so that they could yell about what a prude she was. Right. She would literally say, even though she would say like, I wish we could explain to young lovers that they shouldn't do this but I know we can't. I'm focusing on this. But people would still be like, yeah, but you can't tell people who are in love not to kiss. She's like, I just said. I did not say that. (laughs) I just said, I know that's not realistic. Yeah. But yet, that is what the press focused on every time. That's what all of those detractors, even in that those those newspapers that predated it, that was a, a lot of what they said. Now, given there were people who were like, nope, nobody should kiss ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wasn't most of most of the people in her organization and Imogene herself were realistic about that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people are gonna want to make out. It's just part of the thing, but Please stop yeah. kissing babies you don't know in the street. That's just gross. The baby kissing thing Ooh. reminded me of two things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one was uh, my cousin and his wife, when they had their first baby, she got really sick. Um, and it was very scary. And when she was better, uh, 
my uh, my cousin's wife, whenever anyone asked if they could hold the baby, she would be like, if you washed her hands. Uh, which is totally reasonable. Yes. Um, and the other thing that it reminded me of is the opposite, which is that uh, when I was a kid, there was a whole campaign for uh, for new parents to kiss their baby and pay attention to whether their skin tasted excessively salty because that was an indicator of cystic fibrosis, which there's now way better screening for because that was 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so every time that there would be a, a a a thing about don't kiss your baby, it's very bad for them. I would just sort of think about the give your baby the kiss of life campaigns. Right. Well, and there were people even at that time they were like, no, no, babies actually need to be kissed by their parents. They didn't yeah. have as much information about it as you know would have been had when we were kids, and certainly mm-hmm. not today. But there were people that were intuiting like, I think this is actually important for their development. Yeah. Um, don't not kiss babies. <laughs> they, if it's your baby, they probably need it. Um, and there were some women that took it not from the scientific method, but like emotionally your kids need affection and to feel mm. loved. And that's part of it. Maybe don't withhold affection from your babies. Right. <laughs> so there are, of course, layers to that onion, but it does become really, really fascinating to me how many people are like, no, I want to kiss people when I greet them. You can't stop me. No, thanks. What? Yeah, the whole the whole COVID pandemic has made me think a lot about uh, instances where I've just had contact with a whole lot of people at once. And one of them has been when we have had live shows and we have had meet and greets afterward. And there's like a line of people that we have talked to. Um, and for a while, uh, I was like, should we be shaking everyone's hands? Like, are we spreading germs that way? Uh, And then when so much information came out about how easily a lot of stuff spreads through the air, I was like, probably does not matter. (laughs) Yeah, neither here nor there. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's tricky, right? That's one of the things, I mean, to go behind the curtain, that you and I have talked about a lot in the last couple of years. Like, when do we start back live events in person and how do we manage that? Because... yeah. I think for both of us, that being able to talk to people one-on-one after shows is really important. And it feels like a way that, you know, we can give people a little bit of, like, personal attention. And often people tell us things that are very personal in those moments that are very meaningful. And I don't want to shut that down, but I also don't want anybody to get sick because I can't say goodbye to that part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I have both talked about this a million times together. A bunch of times. So just know that, uh, you know, presumably (laughs) if there is a point when we get back to doing that, that we have thought about it a whole lot. And it's not because we don't want to get out there and see people in person and do live shows. We're just trying to make sure none of our listeners who we treasure get sick because we wanted to go on tour. (laughs) Yeah, that and uh, wanting to reduce the likelihood that people who have been looking forward to the show don't get to have it because one or both of us has gotten sick. Like that's yes. also a factor in it. Yes. Yeah. So it's tricky, but please know we're thinking about it always and trying to figure mm-hmm. out a best a, way a, a plan in the ever changing landscape. Yeah. Of, oh, it seems like no, nope, 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 nope. Oh, maybe it did. Oh, no, no, no. There's This one spreads faster. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hard part of the, the puzzle to navigate. So thank you for your patience in all of that. Um, if this is your weekend coming up, I hope it is filled with bliss. 
If it is not your weekend coming up, I still hope it's filled with bliss. Uh, I I hope everybody has the smoothest possible uh, travels through whatever responsibilities they have and everybody eats really delicious things. It takes time for themselves to have some fun and laughs a lot this weekend because we all need it. Uh, we will be right back here tomorrow with a classic. And then on Monday, you can expect another new episode. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.